Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to your foremost in wrestling wrap-ups. Welcome to Too Young to Be This Old. I am Ben. I am here with Andy. Hello. And if you didn't listen to the teaser, this may come as a shock to you, but welcome. We are now going to be wrapping up the week that was in professional wrestling. Has your week been okay, Andy? It has been. It's been busy, but otherwise, pretty good. How about you? I'm in the same boat. Let us go ahead and just dive straight into the week that was wrestling. We will start with Monday Night Raw inside the Thunderdome. The good old Thunderdome. So, Monday Night Raw, This the whole theme of this episode on, on my end is going to be this was a... I don't think anybody was available and COVID and we just had to bring in a bunch of the old guys. Um, so started out with uh, Ric Flair, Big Show, Christian, Shawn Michaels all coming in to introduce their boy, Drew McIntyre, uh, the WWE champion. So basically he came out there, they put him over, they talked, talked about beating up Randy Orton. And then, oh no, Randy Orton shows up on the Titantron. You know, he gonna he gonna give somebody some retribution there. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it's not over yet, guys. Even though I really thought after Clash of Champions it was over, and I really wanted it to be over, but nope. One thing that concerns me in this segment is: Do you feel like putting these legends on the screen with Drew McIntyre is trying to get people to care more about Drew McIntyre? Yeah, I felt like it's trying to almost add to the lore of Drew McIntyre that, like, isn't there. Yeah. And for somebody who started watching only on Drew McIntyre's, I guess, second stint, right, in WWE. Yes. um, I don't give a shit about some period of time that he was in WWE before. And what he has to do with all these old guys seems very kind of contrived. Yeah, um... Drew McIntyre's got the look. I really would love to see the fans be around to see how they would respond to this title run. I don't know if it's helped or hurt. No, um, he, he, he's got the look and the feel of the champion, but then every time they try to cram this lore and, and legacy of Drew McIntyre in, it's kind of almost like they're trying to make it one-to-one with the history that Randy Orton has, which is very much there and apparent kind of no matter how long you've been watching, because they haven't let you forget. Um, but with Drew McIntyre, it's kind of like, they're like, oh yeah, hey, he's got a lot of, there's a lot of history to him, and there's really not. <laughs> that is especially true, like you said, if you're a newer uh, viewer to right. Uh, WWE right now. Uh, our first match of the night is the Women's Championship. Uh, we get a rematch from Clash of Champions with Asuka versus Selena Vega. Yep, that's correct, and just just, uh, just another repeat, I guess, of Clash Champions match, and it was once again a pretty decent, it was an okay match. Uh, Selena Vega looks pretty good every time she gets in the ring, I think. Um, but it ended up the same thing again, right? She tapped out to an Oscar lock in a slightly different position. Um, yeah. But it was a good match. It's just kind of building, you know, this this uh, bit of rivalry between the two of them. But, you know, I just don't know how much... I worry that we're really never going to really see them again or how much we're going to see Zelina 
um, after this is, you know, I kind of wonder if this is setting up for more or if this is just what they had to work with. I know we've seen Vega in some spots and some matches in the past. These two matches have definitely been her best two under the WWE umbrella by far. Uh, the Clash Champions match and this Monday night match. Uh, I don't know why they've had Vega as just a manager when they've had this kind of talent in hey. a performer for so long. Uh, yeah, it seems like they spent a lot of time wasting her as, you know, just a manager and, you know, more of just a valet to Andrade and co. And yeah, I really, I want to see her jump into more tag teams and have more singles action because it's good to watch. It is. And, you know, shortly after this match, I think we're building towards that, Uh, you know, because the the next segment we get after this loss is her kind of tending to her wounds in the back. Right. Um, we find out, you know, Angel Garza was legitimately injured at Class of Champions. It was a torn quad. Yeah. Uh, so and, yeah. Andrade is kind of like, I don't need you guys. You guys are the weak link. Uh, issues an open challenge with no backup. And that was a mistake. Right. Because your boy Keith Lee comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He comes out and promptly makes Andrade wish he had not issued that challenge. Yeah, this was a squash mesh and and almost like man, it made Andrade look really bad. Like, really bad. It did. It showed why Vega is his manager. The promo wasn't great. Well, also, remember it started with him kind of just ragging on Selena and, yeah. and berating like um, her for losing, and then you know she went off on him, and then also, and then yeah. all of a sudden he's like open challenge, and then just gets yeah demolished. Yeah. So it makes him look like I don't know, makes him look almost as bad as like old school Baron Corbin getting beat quickly all the time. Yeah, I don't think it'll go that bad. I really feel like if they're going to split Vega and Andrade, I really feel like we're gonna see Andrade probably move to SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown's a place where it seems like yeah. the I don't want to say weaker promos are. But SmackDown is way more focused on the in-ring and the I'm going to beat you up style kind of promos and stuff. Whereas Raw is definitely more about the sports entertainment aspect of wrestling. So it might be a good idea to let's yeah, move Andrade think, to SmackDown. Right. It's in a little bit of both. Like Raw, I guess also with a longer runtime, you have more time for like the vignettes and the little kind of skits in between things that SmackDown kind of has to hurry through and just kind of keep things moving if we want to get, you know, more than, you know, two matches in, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, it just has to do with the flow of the show and, you know, the time they have to work with, um, which I think lends itself to SmackDown having better in-ring storytelling, but that's a whole different topic. So right. after this very quick match, we get a continuation of a storyline that I'm not very much enjoying but seth rollins comes out and uh before we have our edition of king's court he goes through murphy's phone Mm -hmm. and starts showing off a text between Aaliyah, who don't forget is 19 years old and buddy murphy um so even before king's court officially started this got real creepy real quick um i don't i don't know why they're doing this I really 
think that some of this just goes to they want to use Dominique, but they're wanting to make sure he's in the ring with somebody who can maybe make up for some of his shortcomings. Right, right. And And, and I mean, doing better every time, but it's just like all of a sudden throwing his whole family into this is making it look pretty weak. Um, It's weird. I don't want to call it weak. I definitely want to call it weird. Sure. Uh, But I mean, you couldn't put him in the ring with anyone better than Rollins and Murphy with what Raw has right now to make him look good in a match. I mean, the only other one I could think of is if you put him in the ring with Ray, but you don't have that happen for a while now. Um, Right, right. But honestly, this storyline, even though we're not quite sure where it goes, what if it does lead to Dominique versus Ray over their differences on how to handle this situation? Yeah, now it could. So that would be very WWE of them. Um, I just, I, I hope it leads to something like that, and I hope the Aaliyah, Buddy Murphy stuff kind of fizzles into the background because yeah, i just I, remember she is 19 she is 19 years old they literally at one point was like i am 19 years old and then continued saying what she was saying and i was like oh my god <laughs> you gotta be kidding me <laughs> in this day and age you can never be too safe so make sure oh my god it's just ridiculous but, but yeah king's court was mm, dated and weird so moving on to the next one we had some women's tag team action we got Lana and Natalia versus Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. And this was Mandy um, Rose, a debut, correct? Yeah, on Raw. Well, you also had um, kind of the, the whole um, little bit of stuff that's been going on here with Shayna and Nia not being able to defend at Clash of Champions. Natty and Lana have come out and basically said, like, you know, well, we should just have the tag team championships and um we're the best tag team there is so um otherwise you know there's not really much here except for the fact that then adam pierce came out and was like yeah we're not getting rid of the titles but you know you can earn a tech you can earn a title shot in one of these matches um it feels like they keep it feels like they keep punishing lana like every week on raw um is something that that I've noticed, and uh, this definitely seemed like another uh, another situation of that. She kind of just got thrown around a bunch, and uh, Mandy Rose and 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 Brooke uh, defeated Lana and Natty. I got nothing on this. I'm glad to see Mandy showing up on this. Uh, yeah, but this... I can see this tag team working because, uh, as we've talked about in previous episodes where we've discussed wrestling. Tag teams that kind of have a common thread tend to work together. And as weak as the thread is, oh, these are fitness blondes. It's more than some of the tag teams that we have right now have for cohesion. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, And I mean, this was just a weird match. It's weird that, you know, what is it now going to be like at this point, like 10 days before the draft when this episode happened that they have you know rose gets traded and just there were some sloppy points this match so wasn't a great one uh i hope they can develop into something meaningful but right now it really didn't seem like much more than yeah they'll probably get a title shot and see where that goes um for rose and dana brooke um but after this alistair black 
he's back in the dark room. And his yeah. eyes back. He can he's got got two eyeballs. And also, um new music. New intro. Um What did so you think of the new intro? Uh I don't like it as much as the old one. <laughs> it wasn't bad, but I, I always I always associate Alistair Black with the, you know, rising um you know, vampire intro with his target candles. <laughs> so <laughs> um I am this... I'm really ready to see these two in a match. Oh yeah. Where disqualification isn't a thing. Right, because I hated a lot about this match. Um I I love both of these guys, so seeing the match was exciting until they turned it into like Oh, let's bring the ref into this, and and let's have, you know, the ref get hit and cause a disqualification. So, you know, basically here, you know, KO, KO wins because uh, Alistair Black gets disqualified by you know hitting the ref after already taking off the ref. So yeah, uh, yeah, like you said, I want, I want a uh, no disqualification. Maybe we get that in Hell in a Cell. And can see them just like, just kind of rip each other apart. One of the one of the things here on his new intro that we talked about, I think it's part of the whole like they're moving away from all those like CFO produced themes. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if we're gonna see a lot of different, a lot of a lot of changes here and there. Royalties be damned. Yeah, they're done with that. Yep. Yeah, did you have any thoughts on this match? Uh, not really. Um, I feel like the writing between these two is a little weak, but they're making the best of it with their physicality. Right. I definitely see this feud leading to like the Hell in the Cell pay per view and some sort of no DQ match, right? Of some sort, but also with us having three weeks, three to four weeks to go before we get there. I just don't want to see this get played out before we get to that point. And yeah, yeah. I feel like we're going to get there really quick at this rate. So Probably. Probably. Um, so we get a wonderful... <laughs> I was going to say, speaking <laughs> of things that have probably lost their steam, if it wasn't for the greatness <laughs> that is our truth If it was anybody but our truth it wouldn't be wonderful every time. Oh, dude. Um, and also, Tozawa is just hilarious, and I think he's brought in like new life. It almost feels like the old, uh, like Drake Maverick and Truth twenty four seven days, because those were just some like freaking choice segments. Um, uh, this Tozawa tells our Truth that he was eaten by a shark, and gives him yep. his twenty four seven champions, uh, which was just a distraction. Um, to allow uh, the stamina monster to roll up to truth, win the title. Um, and Drew Gulak took out Tozawa to win it, and then truth rolled him up. So once again, it goes back to truth, and then there was a official triple threat um, 24-7 title match that night, which once again ended with truth winning. Um, he uh, pins Gulak after hitting him with the Good old AA from his childhood hero, John Cena. 
His, oh yeah, I love how it's his childhood hero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. John Cena. That's the best part. Even though our truth is like seven hundred years old. Yeah, exactly. That's why I had to. I remembered it, and I was like, I gotta mention it in that exact way. Yeah, so we oh, went that... from funny back to the awkward. Oh, uh, yeah, they had to bring up Leah and Dominic, uh, Leah and uh... Murphy again. <laughs> and Murphy all over again. Yeah. Uh, so... Going back to kind of what we talked about earlier, man, Murphy made Dominic look like a million bucks in this match. Oh, yeah, because he's, you know, beating the crap out of him with that kendo stick. Leah comes out to protect her man. Um... And, whoa, whoa, are you already assuming that's Aaliyah's man? D- yeah, we're already calling it. Okay, so stand by your man is what she was doing. Basically, basically, which all that distraction leads to what distractions always lead to is a roll-up and a one-two-three. So yeah, that's how that works. Murphy defeats Dominic, and we continue moving on from this weird story. Um, yeah, but the basically the gist of that, well, before we move on to the next yeah, sorry. The basic gist of this is Dominic needs to learn to control his emotions so he can win matches. Yeah, yep. And uh, uh, I don't like him doing Murphy like this, but it is what it is. Because, like, Murphy's a lot more talented to just be made to look like a green grass rookie can come in and take him down. But, again, it it is Dominic. So that last name is bringing lots of hype. Oh, definitely, definitely. And speaking of hype... This hurt business. That hurt business, but uh, hey, Ali exists again. Yeah, he he has existed for a little bit on main event. Um, yeah, that's what I was saying. Is like the only place I've heard of him having matches is main event lately, and I don't know who watches that. No, not us, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, I I know there's a lot of people like with the hurt business. There's a there's a weird like some people love it, some people hate it. I personally love it. Because MVP as a mouthpiece works for me. Right. I'm, it's what Bobby Lashley needs. It is what Bobby Lashley needs. Because every time Bobby Lashley starts talking, I'm like, stop. He's not supposed to talk. Be quiet. Right. Be quiet, right. Bobby. Yes. Um, so I, I go back and forth. Like, sometimes I have to, like, give it to MVP because he just he will crack me up with his ridiculousness. Um, I, I like that there's been a lot of back and forth with this. Um, so we had, you know, real quick, it was the Hurt Business versus Apollo, Ricochet, and Mustafa Ali. Um, I don't know if he's Mustafa Ali anymore, or if he's Ali again, or where we're going with that. Um, but this was a really short match. Uh, felt like it was rushed through because we had to have other segments with, you know, old guys sitting around doing stuff, but... Right. Um, we actually get the Hurt Business losing here and with Ali Cruz and Ricochet winning. Um, I don't know how consequential this felt. Uh, I think we're just trying to continue the uh, the Apollo Cruz trying to be in the title picture, but they've got to put um, some people around him. So, I mean, I think this is a spot for Ali and Ricochet and Honestly, I think I'd rather just see Ali and Ricochet become another tag team because with the, oh, injury, definitely. To, with the injury to Ivar, um, it is a little lax yeah. in the tag team department everywhere. Right, right. It's, uh, they definitely got to start figuring some things out there to make that work. But moving on to the main event of the night, 
it's Drew McIntyre versus a beautiful face we have not seen in a long time. It, I would say it's Roode. a glorious face. It is a glorious face. Man, we have not seen Robert Roode in so long. Um, this was a championship match. Um, it was pretty cool to see Robert Roode come back. Um, what did what did you think about this one? I, I'm glad to see Roode come back. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a a solid match because these are two. I'm a big fan of Rude because I'm a big fan of like old school wrestling. Right. And Rude is very much the old school showman yeah. throwback to the 80s, 90s style wrestling, not the the leg slap style wrestling. Right, right. Uh, so I like seeing that, but I hate seeing him come in and like, oh, awesome, he got the challenge for the title, but it was really just more of, oh, Rude's back, we're going to give him this shot, but he has... No chance in hell. There's no chance. I mean, we know there's no chance. And, and you know, this snatch felt pretty quick. Um, obviously, you keep saying he had no chance. Yeah, McIntyre won um, and retains his championship. So we close out with backstage. The old guys have just been playing cards all night. So Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Christian, and Big Show. Um, they've been out there playing cards. Randy Orton comes in and it's a, a night vision old man beatdown. Yeah. I I laughed really hard at this. Not gonna lie. Um, but uh, so we're just continuing to see Randy just beat everybody up. I don't know. It, it's it's getting real weird. The night vision goggles were were a pretty. I love the jumpsuit. Oh yeah, the jumpsuit was hilarious. Yeah, the jumpsuit and then the night vision goggles were were pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a, that was an interesting way to close out the show. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely a way I haven't seen them close out the show in a while. Um, so that was interesting. Yeah, and I mean that's really all you got to say. I think yeah. to sum it up, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. Was uh. You could tell it was probably quickly written because of all the COVID incidences. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they were very bare-bones staff. They may do with what they had. Right. Um, it definitely seemed like we got to get an episode together. It's got to be this long. What are we yeah. going to do? Yeah. And Thankfully, SmackDown did not feel that way. Oh, no. SmackDown was... It, it felt very much... Where it wanted to be. Yes, yeah, uh, cool episode. Um, we we get started right away with uh with uh, Roman coming in with his boy Paul Heyman. I um, love New Roman. Oh yeah, New Roman is fantastic. So um, basically here we're declaring that Roman's not yeah. just the tribal chief of his family or SmackDown or WWE, but the entire WWE universe. Yes. I think the funny oh. thing is, is like we've got Paul out here to cut this promo, and Roman's like, nah, dog, Jay didn't say it. I need Jay to come out and say it. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jay still didn't say it. So, oh, you know what nope. we're going to have? We're going to have Jay versus Roman at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, so it's real weird that we're already talking about Hell in a Cell. I feel like we've had so many pay per views. 
all jammed up with each other that I'm like, hell in a cell? When? What? Why? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. it's like a month, but man, we're already setting a match for that, so what are we going to do with all this time between then and, you know, between now and then? With Heyman involved, I'm not too concerned about it like I am in oh, other, yeah. others. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, the thing that concerned me here is uh, AJ coming out to get in Jay's face. Oh, right, right. Real quick, though, before we mention AJ, there was the point where um, basically they just said that Roman says this is going to have the highest stakes of any match ever in WWE history. Hmm. What that means, it means about as much as Boneyard match meant to us before WrestleMania this year. Right. Right, so... But yes, and AJ Styles comes out. And, uh... I don't know. Seems like a mistake on AJ's part, because Jay right fucks him up. Yeah, it was a good match. Uh, I think this has kind of been Jay's coming out party. Yeah. But to me, it feels really weird throwing AJ Styles as Jay's challenger when AJ right. had a whole run with Roman and doesn't have a win over Roman. Right. That is like, in, in recent memory. I should yeah. say, he doesn't have a win over Roman in recent memory. So I'm right. not sure how beating AJ, other than us just strengthening Jay Uso's clout, it very much uh, seemed like we're just pumping up, pumping up Ju so more because we got to make you excited for for Hell in the Cell. Yes. Um. So really glad Sammy's back. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. The, the one Sammy's true back. intercontinental champion yes. is back, throwing away titles. Oh yeah, that was that was fantastic. I very very much love Sammy. Um. I want to see kind of how they keep going here. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see where that goes. Uh, another storyline that I'm not excited to see where it goes, because I think it's going in a very bad direction, is um, is the Morrison and Otis situation we got now. Um, so we have a match between John Morrison and Otis, really just to kind of further on the fact that Morrison wants to take the money in the bank off of him. Yeah. I keep seeing more and more about the fact that they really didn't plan for Otis to win the money in the bank and don't have much to do with him. So I'm scared that they are definitely going to take it off of him and he's not going to get to cash in. I hope they don't, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think that's the way it's going, though. Uh, Otis does get the win over Morrison here. Uh, Right. Is what it is. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it is. It's a quick match. The Biggie Biggie promo where he's like wanting to end the feud with Sheamus is weird to me. Because we've already seen Biggie beat Sheamus, so I'm like, I don't know. Right, I don't know why why we we need need another one. Right. I mean, I'm kind of excited, though, to see if Falls count anywhere with Biggie and Sheamus. It'll probably yeah. be ridiculous. Yeah, um, well, we saw but... this with Sheamus and Cesaro a few years ago, right. and it just kind of became an issue because it was supposed right. to be like a best. It ended up being like almost a best of seven series, and it just got yeah. old real quick. So eh. we get Chad Gable yeah. versus Sheamus. And yeah, that was eh. There was nothing inter- entertaining really... match. 
Yeah, it was it was entertaining. It kept me awake. Seamus won. Shocked. Um, hey, you get Kevin Owens. Yeah, for Kevin the second Owens time this week. Coming over in the Brand to Brand Invitational and uh, is doing a special edition of the Kevin Owens Show on SmackDown. Um, inviting his guest Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is still just killing it in this role as like the fiend helper sidekick. Um, she says some real creepy things about the fiend, and just does a killer job acting. And I'm just waiting for WWE to start producing horror movies with Alexa and the Fiend, because I will day one. Yes. Um, risk COVID to go to those theaters. Yeah, definitely. So, um, this this ends in a predictable way. You know, Bliss says that Owen should uh, let him in. He, I very, very much chuckled to Kevin quickly jumping up and like kicking over his sign and his chair a bit. Um, yeah. Trying to see if the fiend was there, but boom, lights off. Fiend shows up. We get the mandible claw. Yeah. Um, the An official confirmation that the fiend and Alexa yep. are boning. Yep. <laughs> I'm not that far, but. Yeah, we go from there to uh, King Corbin coming back for a match. What do we got? It's um. It was Cesaro King Corbin, Cesaro, and... the Artist Collective, and Corbin yes. with Lucha House Party and Matt Riddle. Right. Um. Yeah, this match was kind of all over the place. I don't know. It it felt. I don't even know what the lead up to this combination of people really was. Cause I think this was just a, a match to kind of capitalize. You had the artist collective and Lucha house party kind of going at it for the titles at clash of champions. And then we've got some beef between riddle and Corbin. So, Hey, let's get everybody screen time. Here we go. Right. Right. Exactly. It was just a, let's yeah. get all these people on the screen. Um, yeah. So Lucha house party, Matt riddle win. Um, and after that, we see Kalisto and Riddle bickering and everybody kind of ticked off at each other. Yeah. Um, but now we got Sasha Banks coming in yeah. to talk about, um, you know, Bailey. Yeah. And I just don't care. We've heard this too much. We know where this yeah. story is going. We're going to get Bailey, Sasha sometime eventually. Right. So... Right. Is what it is. Yeah. We get, so, a, we get but, us a title match, though. We do. We do get a title match. Um. But first off, did you see the stuff here about the vignette, the Carmella vignette? Oh, Carmella is our mystery yeah. woman. That is our mystery woman. Yeah, I think we kind of knew that a couple weeks ago. I think we did, but you know, we couldn't be too sure until they told us. Um, right. She's better than us. Yeah. So Gil Carmella is back, and I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty excited. Um, I'm excited to see more Sasha and Bailey. Um, it, I'm it ready for it to be in the ball. ring. Yeah, I want it to be in the oh. ring. I'm. I'm a little tired of the back and forth, like, just you know, yelling at each other on the mic. Um, you know, every every week, you know, back and forth the same thing. So. 
that that got old, but I am I am excited for another match, and I think you know we'll have some some good stuff coming there. Um, but yes, as you said, we got a title match. Jeff Hardy comes out to challenge the one true Intercontinental Champion, Sami Zayn. Yes. Solid match from these two. I'm so glad to see Sammy working like actual wrestling match. Right. Uh, he has also done so good at this transition into the heel tactics. Uh, right. We we've seen it over and over again, like especially at Clash of Champions with handcuffs and everything. Mm-hmm. So, not to give a play by play like uh, we've done on a few of these matches so far. No, that's that's totally fine. Yeah, no, this is a great match. Sammy Zayn obviously wins. Um and retains yeah. and he celebrates yeah. and that was SmackDown. That was SmackDown, Smackdown in a nutshell. Concise this week. In indeed. Um, Everything moved forward in a nice organized manner. Yes, yes. It felt that's really what we like a planned out episode. Yes. Yes. So moving through our week. We've got a pay-per-view for AEW approaching, so Dynamite is definitely more your forte than mine. Um, sure, it is. That but is. we had we had quite a bit already announced for this show. Right. So it was really good. Um, we had, of course, uh, John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston's handpicked opponent, Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks, uh, Isaiah Cassidy versus Chris Jericho, SCU versus FTR, Orange Cassidy versus Pin. Yeah. Dr. Britt Breaker's return and then Cody answering Brody Lee's challenge was what we had going on. Um Yeah. Um so if you, yeah, there was a lot announced for this for this episode like you said that we knew it was going to happen beforehand, but then a lot of this episode became What's going to happen next week? Right. Um, so that's where it kind of ended up feeling like a lot of filler. Um, you know, you had some some good moments in uh, Starks and Darby. I think Darby always puts on a pretty, you know, pretty good show. Um, Darby Allen beats Starks in that match. Um, this was solid. Um, I love seeing Cody back. Um, now with his, uh, his old hair, I guess, right? So, that was cool. This is like a new Cody hair. I've never seen yeah. this hair. Yeah, he had dark hair before in WWE for a little bit. Just wasn't, wasn't as dark as this. this no, is... it was brown, not black. Yeah, yeah, not just jet black. Um, so, this was pretty cool. You had, you know, kind of Cody, um, hyping up the dog color match, then... Uh, Brody Lee comes out. Him and Brody yell at each other a whole bunch. Turns into a bunch of brawling. Um, Nyla Rose attacks a bunch of people. Just becomes a just a mess. Um, but all of that just to say, like, yes, I accept the dog collar match, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. SCU with FTR. Um, Tully with um, FTR. I like it. Yeah. AEW has done something really good with bringing older manager or older wrestlers in as managers and 
helping, I guess, the Laps fan that may have watched back in the day, helping them gravitate towards the the younger generation. And Arn Anderson would have been the only other one I would have said that would have been good for FTR. But with yeah. Arn's involvement with Cody, Foley worked just as well. Yeah, I, I I was interested to hear your perspective because I'm a little, you know, I'm a little like biased against seeing a lot of the old guys show up because I just I don't have that connection to them, so I'm kind of just like, oh, okay, I don't care, I don't care, let's go. Um, I thought it was interesting they had Tully kind of interfere, which you know is just gonna leave leave the door open right for SCU to come back and 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 want more. Um, so we had uh yeah. Um, Hangman was on commentary for that match too, which really didn't have any real consequences. Right. Um, it would just kind of seem like, yeah, let's throw him on commentary. Um, all right. Then we had Isaiah Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. Um, mm-hmm. this was pretty cool to see, you know, Isaiah get a chance to work with, you know, um, the 30 year veteran Chris Jericho. Um, Obviously, didn't think he was going to win, and yeah, Jericho defeats him. Um, I thought the coolest thing about this match was the, you know, end of match uh, attack between Jericho and Hager on Luther and uh, Serpentico. Yes. Because um, I know Chris Jericho's and Luther's rivalry goes back very, very far. Um, so if we get to see some Inner Circle and Chaos Project matches, I think those could be really, really cool. Um, I'm really, really curious to see if they capitalize on that. I, I think that definitely needs to be what happens. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be key. Um, keeping it moving here with we had um after this really quick the Nero bachelor party segment. <laughs> um, setting up the bachelor party for uh, Kip Sabian. Why do we need Billy Mitchell involved in AEW? We don't. We do not. We absolutely don't. Billy Mitchell's a horrible, horrible person. Yeah. Do not like him. But name recognition, so, so here we go. Whatever oh on that front. Yeah. yeah, I have a lot of feelings there. Um, but we had Orange Cassidy versus 10. Um, Orange Cassidy still kills it. He beat 10, but there was really nothing special about this match. Um... I almost feel like they're starting to throw Orange out there too much. Yes. And it's getting old. Like, his gimmick does not work if you're seeing it all the time. Um, no, not at all. It's starting, to get, it's starting to get boring. I found myself kind of losing focus during this match and just really not being that interested. Um, when the best friends come out, too, and join in with Orange, it kind of helps. Um, but, man, this, this one really... I don't want... Orange's kind of character to get wasted on these tiny little matches um, and kind of stories that don't seem to be going anywhere. So I hope they start changing some things up there, but if they keep kind of just throwing Orange out for everything just because he got some hype behind him, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fade real fast. Um, but big return to action. Britt Baker finally cleared. Um, Good to see her back. Good to see her back. Great to see her back. I love Britt Baker. I think she is awesome. Um, She's exactly what AEW needs in the women's division, and and I think she's going to, you know, 
have a lot of success with them. Um, she goes against Red Velvet, which is an AEW upstart. I think she's only showed up on Dark, um, but really just felt like a jobber match. Um, I did enjoy her doing her lockjaw with a glove, though. COVID safe. <laughs> at the end, that was hilarious. Um, I think if she can stay healthy and they can keep kind of bringing in some more people, while Velvet felt like a jobber, Velvet did really do a good job of selling for Baker. So right. I think like this women's division keeps like inching, inching better and better and better. So I think we're we're getting there. We're getting there. But still got some work to do. So main event, John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston's um hand picked opponent, the butcher. I was I was thrown off by this one a little bit because it's definitely yeah. not the way I saw them going. Not at all. But holy hell, I was thoroughly impressed with the performance the Butcher put on here. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, I had like, one of my, my main notes on this was, oh, my God, I need more Butcher singles matches. Because holy crap, that dude was killing it. Him and Moxley told a fantastic story, going back to, like, what I was saying earlier. Oh, yeah. You had him working the legs, going into the half grab. Um. It was great. And then, of course, you know... Awesome. Um, of course, your champ's going to win. That's the way yeah, to do it. Of course, of course. Um, I think it was a really good match for both of them. I mean, Moxley's going to continue to be over forever, but um, I think this was great for the Butcher. Um, yes. Getting him on a main event by himself and showing that he can do more than just you know be part of the tag team was awesome. Um, Eddie Kingston is still to me a uh, random drunk dude that seemed to have stumbled on the AEW set. Um, so that can I accept this headcanon and I'll love it. <laughs> but you know, AEW was what it was. I think we'll have a lot more interesting stuff to talk about with them next week. Yes, indeed. Uh, like you said, uh, we kind of joked about it. It felt like an anime filler. Yes. So we'll, we'll see what happens when the filler episode's over next week. Uh, yeah. We decided this week to close out talking about NXT because we do have TakeOver 31 happening on Sunday. On Sunday. Still not used uh, to see Sunday pay-per-views. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's really weird. Um, There was a decent amount of action on this card, uh, but the big thing is we're trying to finalize and build to that TakeOver match. Uh, the big thing we had advertised for this this NXT was, of course, the Finn Balor and Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly meeting face to face with Sean, uh, meeting face face, Sean Michaels being a moderator, doing much better than uh, we saw in a other debate this week. Yeah. Uh, Dakota Kai and Shotzi Blackheart competing for the, uh, or not competing for anything. They just a rivalry that started based on the number one contender battle rail next week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this was a great match, I thought. Um, uh, other than the god awful bump that Shotzi took. Yeah, yeah. Shotzi took a really, really rough bump there. Um, otherwise, I thought this was a really good match. Um, they work really well together. I still don't love the uh, um, most of what they've been doing with like Dakota Kai lately, but I'm loving that Shotzi's getting more attention. So. Indeed. 
Uh, the next match we had was Cameron Grimes versus Ridge Holland. And Rich Holland is very new on the NXT scene. He was a big part of NXT UK for a bit. Right. Um, I didn't even know who he was when he came on. But this also started with, like, Grimes trying to start, like, the Grimes Invitational. Yes. Which, for me, being someone who's very not much a fan of Grimes and never could see the um, appeal, this was, like, the most personality I've ever seen him show uh, on NXT. He was pretty funny and likable and i enjoyed him kind of trying to host this very carnival feeling invitational um, yes. so that was pretty Grimes. You know, there's a jobber that comes out and just gets absolutely demolished right away but then you have rich holland come out yes and absolutely dem- decimate cameron grimes yeah uh grimes character definitely has a ceiling but if your ceiling is being mid card heel, you have a long career in the WWE. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and Holland has this look that uh, he gonna go somewhere. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what they do with him. I want to see more, yeah. more of what his character he, ends up. He's he, even if not character, he's got to get a little bit less green in the ring. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, speaking of people who are not green in the ring at all. We had a match with Kushida versus Tony Nese. Yeah. I love seeing Tony Nese in the ring anytime. He is fantastic in the ring. It's nice to see uh, Kushida making a comeback and actually going to get a match at TakeOver 31 against Velveteen Dream. Right. So they did the right thing, making Kushida look good with a quick, a quick-ish win over Tony Nese. So yeah. you buy him as a credible threat to Velveteen Dream on Sunday. Oh yeah, definitely. Quick thing that happened after this match though was also the uh, Dexter Loomis is back. Yes. They just had a quick, quick cut of that, and I was like, oh yes, because we haven't yeah. seen it since that like, uh, like parking lot fight. Yes. Yeah, we. Oh, uh, we saw him. I think we saw him once after that, but he got hurt. Yeah. So that's why I hadn't right, seen that. Right. Um, so next we had Adam Cole versus Atlanta's Austin Theory. Loved it. Yeah? Absolutely loved it. <laughs> um, the Austin Theory, I hate that he's not on the main roster anymore. Because I thought yeah. he had a lot of potential. But bringing him back to NXT and putting him in this position, it's it's nice. It's It's been working, I think, a little bit more than what they were trying to kind of like shoehorn him into in the main roster um yeah i just don't think there was a place in the story there right now so yeah this was it was a cold match for me and i was just like yeah it's a cold match cole wins can we move on yeah <laughs> yeah um so next we had kaden carter versus xia lee um Nice to see Zia Lee wrestling since uh, yes. I haven't seen a whole lot of her since she competed in the Mae Young Classic like two years ago. Right. Um, and it's been kind of like sprinkling her in almost every once in a while. Um, yeah. And every time she comes out, it's, it's good to see. I want to see more of it. There's just like a, you know, is suffering from the like, we don't see, you know, kind of either of these people wrestle enough. Um, so I'd like to see kind of what, what they do. Um, there were some like hints that like Lee was, uh, you know, working is working towards a heel turn. So 
be curious to see what happens there. Indeed, indeed. Uh, it's the first time they've done anything character-wise for her, so yeah. that's one we'll have to just keep watching. Not a whole lot to talk about there. Right. Um, the Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly thing, I honestly, the vignettes we saw throughout the night were incredible. Building Kyle O'Reilly. Good job on these, um, making me try to kind of care about Kyle O'Reilly. Yes. Um, I, I mean, they've done enough for me that even though I'm not the biggest Kyle O'Reilly fan, it does seem like this is the, the, this is his big moment. Right. Um, but it was nice to see that we had them jawing back and forth. Yeah. But yeah. no physicality. We're saving the physicality for the match. It's not so the it's, usual, like, face-to-face right. contract signing stuff that, you know, ends in somebody getting thrown through the table. Yes. So I, I liked yes. the, uh, the change of pace on that. It wasn't as predictable. Yeah, enjoyed that. The, this is the match I'm excited for at TakeOver. Uh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. I think but, it's going to be a really, really good match, yeah. Yeah. We get an awesome mixed tag match to close out the show yes. on NXT with the self-proclaimed power couple of Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae versus Damian Priest and Io Shirai. Yeah, and you say that like you're confused about that pairing because everybody is. Um, well, I mean, they're champions, so, yeah, they're so champions. that's why that's why it happened. So, so we can continue like... two feuds. Right. When the Gargano started, I really was hoping we were going to see like more mixed tag stuff happen and just have that whole story develop out more in a mixed tag angle as the, they just totally did not do that. And then all of a sudden it seems like they started trying to do that. Um, when they had them going against like Mia, Mia Yim and Keith Lee. And that ended pretty quickly when they both, you know, moved to uh, Raw. But Priest and Io don't have that same chemistry that you saw with like Yim and, and Lee, and that worked so cool. This this was a cool match, but it was just, you know, I don't know. For me, it was missing some of that chemistry. They They worked okay together. I just... I'll be curious to see if they keep going with this mixed tag and maybe they develop something there and we see, you know, maybe a little more personality between the two of them. I don't think we're going to see much like, more of this um, in the tag team. Yeah. This, this was just, this was solely to promote two, uh, two people holding belts. Not even two people holding belts. This is to promote two matches with one match is all this is. Right. right. So we get Gargano yeah. and we, we got it all put together there. Yeah, no, that's true. I think it'll lead to. A promo. I, I think I think of these two, I think Priest and Gargano are gonna probably put on one hell of a match. Um. Oh yeah, I would hope. <laughs> Shirai, Shirai and Larray, I have no doubt will have a good match, but it's not one that I'm not the biggest fan of this heel Larray character. No. Um. There's just something not clicking for it with me. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what it is. Something's not clicking. Maybe it's because it feels like Larray's only heel because Gargano is heel. Whereas, like, I've seen heel Gargano without Candice Larray. So, it, right. I, I don't know. It kind of, I kind of, it doesn't have as much mileage for me as some other things do. Um, But that was basically your NXT wrap up there. Uh, just a quick rundown the matches that we will have for the TakeOver 31. Of course, as we've mentioned, Priest and Gargano for the North American Championship. 
Yes. Shirai and LeRae for the NXT Women's Championship. Balor O'Reilly for the Men's NXT Championship. Uh, Kushida and Velveteen Dream are in just a singles match. Just a match. And then we have Santos Escobar versus Isaiah Swerve Scott for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. And while that got no airtime this week, yeah, I think it can be a good match because most of the time the cruiserweight championship matches are always solid. Right, it's they're always almost like a the sleeper hit. It's always like, oh, okay, this is gonna be. Oh my god, this is a fantastic match. Right, right, right. Um, so, let's do some quick predictions here. So, Priest Gargano, who do you think comes out of that? Uh, Priest. I just don't think. I think it's too soon to pull that title off of him. It's interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on the first one. I think they're gonna give it to Johnny Takeover. And, okay. And I'll make my prediction for the next one with Eo and Candice. I think I think as much as I do not want this to happen, I think they really want that first couple both holding titles, and I think Candice LeRae wins. Uh, I can see Candice winning this one as well. I so so let me take this a little step further here. The reason I say Priest over Gargano mm-hmm. is because I would more or less see Gargano's loss leading him to a feud to get back in the NXT title picture so that when they finally are both holding titles, it is oh, the right. men and women's right. main championship, yeah. not a secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Balor's coming out on top over O'Reilly, but I will say I think the Undisputed Era is going to be turning on Kyle O'Reilly. Mm, interesting. I do see. And, I don't see them taking it off Finn because it it would feel really quick. Um, yeah, yeah. And some of the stuff they mentioned this week with Austin Theory. Don't be surprised to see a title change, or not. Sorry, not a title change. Don't be surprised to see a heel turn and maybe Austin Theory joining the Undisputed Era. That's okay. my left yeah. field prediction for it. This right. uh, for this one. Um, can I not care about who wins the match? Yeah, definitely. Because that's how I feel about Kushida and Velveteen Dream. I just want to see a good match. No stakes to it, so. Yeah. And uh, with the NXT Championship match, I would really just like to see Santos Escobar kind of lose. Because his little faction he has annoys me. (laughs) Because they're not building a cruiserweight faction. Yeah. To, like, go against him. So if they're not going to build a faction to take him on, like, I don't. I'm done. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. I think that makes sense. Yeah, I, I also would like to see Swerve win. I think Swerve's had some good spots here over the past couple weeks. Um, anytime they do give them some airtime, he's been fun to watch. So I would, I would like to see what they do with him with the belt. Yeah. So. Well, that was our wrap up. That was, and that still went longer than we intended. We're going to work on streamlining this, but we had some feelings this week yeah. about some things. Be on the lookout. We are going to be dropping these Sunday evening so that you can listen to them on your ride to work or to home Monday before Raw. So if you've missed anything, you can be caught up and in the know of the storylines in the future. Uh, thank you all for listening. Keep an eye out for some graphic changes, but you know where to find us if you found us here and you got anything else to add to that Andy? No, that is all. Just be on the lookout for social media. We'll be we'll be blipping on there a little bit here as we get this going, but 
Hope everybody has a good weekend and week whenever you're listening to us. Indeed. Take it easy until next week.